everyone, and welcome to the Planned, Prepped, and Productive podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Spackman, registered dietitian and mom of four, and believer in peaceful, easy, but also homemade family meals. On this podcast, I'm helping moms and parents master mealtime and become the bosses of their kitchen. As you do this, you'll find more peace in your meals through prep and planning. We will do this by focusing on four pillars for making mealtime manageable, doable, and if you give it a chance, maybe even fun. The four pillars are mindset and self-care, planning and organization, meal planning, and meal prep. This is episode number 100, the top 10 lessons from the last 100 episodes of the Planned, Prepped, and Productive podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the podcast today. I'm so excited to be with you for episode number 100 of the Planned, Prepped, and Productive podcast. Woohoo! I can't believe that it has been this long. I still remember recording my very first podcast two and a half years ago. My husband was helping me and he kept telling me how robotic I sounded as I tried to record that first episode. I recorded and re-recorded and tried so hard to make it better, but Those first few episodes are still sort of painful to listen to, although the content was still good. It was just my presence that was lacking. So I'm so glad that you have stuck with me for these episodes and those episodes. And I wanted to make this episode a little bit of a special treat. Don't worry, it will still be a treat even for you new listeners, maybe even more so. So today we're going to go over my 10 favorite lessons from the past 100 episodes of the podcast. Originally, I was going to pull quotes and audio directly from old podcasts, but to be honest, that seemed like a little too much work. And because I say things over and over in a lot of different episodes, I thought I would instead just compile these favorite lessons that I have been teaching over and over again. And these are the lessons that will be the most transformational to your family dinners. So I just want to dive into what we've been talking about here on the Planned, Prepped, and Productive podcast. Um, And I imagine you'll hear more of these things as well as hopefully more things as the podcast continues in the future. So let's get into those 10 favorite lessons from the past episodes of the Planned, Prepped, and Productive podcast. Number one, meal prep is not just for dieting. All right, so if you're new here, you may not know the story, but when I first started, well, actually, let's fast forward even more than when I first started meal prepping. Let's start with when I was just a super overwhelmed mom. I had three kids. One of them was a tiny, tiny baby, and I was exhausted. I was done. So I wanted to make homemade family meals. They were important to me, but I just found myself um, not getting around to it and um, feeling really down that it was so difficult for me to put a meal on the table. Um, And I had heard of meal prep before. I'd seen other people do it. Um, It was kind of having a moment on Instagram at the time. You know, people were posting their pretty little perfectly matched containers. And I just had the idea in my mind that meal prep was only for dieting or that meal prep didn't taste great or that it was like eating leftovers or eating the same thing every single week. Um, And it was really out of desperation that one week I thought, I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to cook like a bunch of shredded chicken and I'm going to freeze it. 
it's not going to be as good, but I just, I need to do something to make it possible for me to put a meal on the table. And that one act um, really just catapulted me into this love of prep ahead. And I realized that it's not just for dieting. In fact, I feel like that's such like an unfortunate box that it's been put into because this really is for working moms. It's for stay at home moms. It's for anyone who wants to prioritize family meals, but doesn't have a lot of time to do it. Um, Also, I just want to be clear that there's a lot of different types of meal prep. Um, You don't have to cook the same thing every day. You don't have to cook an entire meal. Um, You can even just ingredient prep instead of meal prep, which would mean chopping your vegetables um, and all those things we talk about on the podcast all the time. But that was my number one lesson is that meal prep is not just for dieting and it is absolutely a very powerful tool for moms who are trying to feed their families. So that's number one. Number two is that the key to mastering family mealtime is to make meal planning and meal prep a habit slowly over time. So this is something that I talk about all the time. And I this was the most general way that I could say it. I have a lot of episodes. I have one about uh, keystone habits, which is a really good one. We talk about habits a lot. But the idea here is that if you want to master your meals, you really need to take a habit-based approach instead of a jump in and do it all at once approach. So if meal planning isn't a habit for you right now, uh, that's where you start. And you don't start by planning 15 brand new meals. You start with planning the things you're already eating. If you are eating takeout three times a week, just take the time to plan your takeout. Um, as you start to slowly make this habit, right? So instead of feeling jumbled and stressed because you don't know where you're going to eat or your kids are fighting over where you're going to eat or you and your husband are fighting over where you're going to eat at the beginning of the week, sit down, have a meeting, write down where the takeout's coming from. And then from there, maybe you can knock out one of those takeout nights and replace it with a super simple uh, pantry staple type meal like spaghetti or, you know, something that really doesn't take a lot of effort, um, something that's part homemade, not fully homemade, and start to build these tiny habits slowly over time until you've made meal planning and meal prep a habit in the way that you want it to look. And you will find that your meal times have gotten less stressful over time. So I know that when it, when meal planning or family dinners feel really overwhelming, it's really easy to just want to quit everything you're doing um, and dive into something new. But it won't last if you do it that way. So even if it doesn't feel like a lot or like it's diff- making a difference, just... Um, Take heart, I guess, uh, as you start making tiny changes um, and just notice uh, meal planning and meal prep becoming a habit and notice how your meal times start to transform. So that is number two is that mastering mealtime is a habit. It is not a solution that you're looking to find. Okay, number three is to use paper recipes and don't allow your phone in the kitchen. <laughs> so. Being that this is the planned, prepped, and productive podcast, this is my number one productivity tip for being productive in the kitchen is to ditch your phone. Um, And I think we've all been there where we have a recipe open on our phone and we're cooking dinner, but we're also looking at all the cute swimsuits that we're going to buy for the summer. That's what I was doing today. So (laughs) that's what's on my mind. 
Um, and we're constantly being distracted by our phones, which then causes us to have the pasta boil over or to forget to pull something out of the oven or to just be slow because we're multitasking. So paper recipes are a game changer. One thing I really love about them is you can tape them right up on your cabinets so that they are right where you need to see them. Um, and this tip alone will save you so much time cooking. I recommend like testing this hypothesis, try a paper recipe and time how long it takes you to cook and then see if it's the same when you're using your phone. Might be a difficult experiment to be really accurate on because I think you might move a little quicker with your phone if you knew that you were being timed. But the point is, is that your phone in the kitchen is a huge productivity killer. Um, use your phone other times, um, but keep it out of the kitchen and see how your cooking times improve. So that's lesson number three. Lesson number four is that leftovers are not the enemy. And in fact, when they're managed properly, they can save you loads of time in the kitchen. So this was another mindset issue that I had before I really transformed my family's family dinners. It's that I didn't want to feel like I was eating leftovers. And that really turned me off to meal prep. Um, and it also meant that I was wasting a lot of leftovers, um, where now leftovers are like my best friend, but I don't treat them like I used to. Um, I used to just, you know, package up my leftovers and then put them in the fridge where I knew that they weren't going to get eaten, but it made me feel better to put them in the fridge to die rather than throw them straight in the garbage, right? It seemed like a more proper burial. <laughs> um, but now... When I have leftovers, I am very, very careful with them. So if there is a big enough portion that my family can eat the entire thing again, then it goes straight into the freezer. Um, and even if it's smaller portions that I could eat for lunch, lunches, it's more likely to go into the freezer. Um, and I don't want to I don't want it to go in the freezer to die either. So I also make sure that I put it on an inventory list and that my freezer stays organized so that I know what's in the freezer, and I intentionally plan those things into later meals. Um, sometimes you don't have an entire meal left over, but let's say you cooked a ham or uh, you grilled some chicken outside, um, then I'm going to save those items as staples that I can add to other dishes. I'm not generally going to eat like ham that I had as leftovers again as just the main dish, but I would totally chop that up and make like a corn chowder with ham in it, or I would chop up grilled chicken for a salad um, and repurpose my leftovers that way. So leftovers and using them properly can be a really incredible tool for simplifying your time in the kitchen. Um, and so if you can make that mindset switch um, and start to take care of them properly, because when you care for your leftovers properly, they taste a lot better. They don't taste so much like they've been, you know, passing away in the fridge when you take care to freeze them immediately after they've been used. Um, you'll find that um, you, they're a lot more palatable and enjoyable and they're saving you loads of time. So leftovers are not the enemy. Number five uh, lesson from the Planned Prepped and Productive podcast is that small changes add up to big results. So we talked about this a little bit when we were talking about making meal planning and meal prep a habit. 
Uh, but I just want to remind you of that very first story I told that the all I did when I was starting to make mealtime changes was I prepped a batch of chicken at the beginning of the week and I used that throughout the week. And that really was the catalyst to some really big changes, including, you know, making a shift in my blog and business and sharing that with you. And also it was the beginning of more mental clarity in my evenings and meals that I could put together in 20 minutes instead of an hour. I used to be that mom that was in the kitchen every night for an hour. And that didn't even include cleanup time. That was just cooking. And all of that started from one small and simple change. So If you've been listening for a while, but you maybe haven't like jumped on board with anything, maybe you've just been um, letting these ideas kind of marinate, thinking that they're a good idea, but that maybe you don't have time or they won't work for you. I encourage you to just come up with one small change and see how that small change can start to add up to really big results. This is something that I've seen time and time again in my own life, and I know that you'll see it when you put it to the test yourself. All right. Lesson number six from the planned, prepped, and productive podcast is to ditch all or nothing thinking. Some is always better than none. So one reason that so many moms and so many parents are struggling with family meals is because they assume that when they can't make the meal that they wrote down, the meal that they planned, when that is not going to happen, which for parents happens all of the time. There is just something, I mean, I think it happens to everyone all of the time, but there is something about managing a bunch of tiny humans that means that your days don't go according to plan, um, maybe more often than they do go according to plan. Um, And so many parents think that because they're not going to be able to make that meal that they wrote down on their calendar or in their planner, that they might as well just get takeout. And Let me be clear, this should maybe have been another lesson, but we'll just put it in here as a bonus lesson. I am not against takeout. Takeout can be a really great tool, but takeout is a lot more enjoyable for everyone when it's planned rather than when you're getting what I like to call desperation takeout, which when you're getting desperation takeout, there is a lot of stress involved and Um, It really just takes the enjoyment out of something that could be special and fun. So just because you're not going to be able to make the meal that you have planned doesn't mean that you can't have a home-cooked family meal. One thing I like to suggest to the people that I teach is to make a list of emergency meals. So you can have a list of meals you can make when you have no time. So for the days when time just got away from you, have a list of meals that you can make and keep those ingredients on hand. You can also have a list of meals that you can make when your energy has gotten away from you for when you're just exhausted. So this is when I would bust out like a freezer lasagna, something that All I have to do is stick in the oven and it'll be done. Um, Often these meals will take a little bit longer, so they're not necessarily what you're going to use when you're running low on time, but they can save you when you're running low on energy. Um, And a list like this will really help you in those moments where you're kind of feeling like that fight or flight stress um, about putting dinner on the table to just take a deep breath, calm down and think, okay, how can I do something? What is something I can do? 
And maybe that something is getting takeout, but you're also going to grab a veggie tray from the store instead of getting fries. Or maybe that something is that you are going to uh, buy a store-bought salad mix, but you'll grill some chicken to go along with it, right? So some is always better than none. And the more you practice doing some, the more your some will add up to big results because like I said, in another lesson, small changes add up to big results. All right, shifting gears a little bit for lesson number seven from the Plan, Prep, and Protective podcast, and that is that your job as a parent is to provide meals. Your child's job is to decide if and how much they will eat. So parents decide what and when children decide if and how much. And let me be clear, this is not my own philosophy, but this comes from Ellen Satter, and this will help you transform your dinner times at the table with kids. Uh, One reason that parents really struggle to put meals on the table is because they feel like their kids don't eat, Um, and it feels really disheartening to spend all of this time preparing a meal only to have those that you love scoff at it or not eat it, right? Um, But if you can really hold on to this mindset that your job as a parent is to decide what and when and let your children decide if and how much without stress, without being without worrying that they're going to starve forever, uh, recognizing that they're learning important skills, even when they don't eat the food on the plate, your mealtimes will be transformed and you will feel so much more peace at the dinner table because you are worrying about you and you're letting your kids worry about them, right? There's so much more that could be said on this topic. I'll try to, I will try, I will drop some of the other episodes that talk about the division of responsibility, which is what this philosophy is called um, in the show notes. Uh, But just keep in mind that you are absolutely doing your job by providing and there is nothing wrong with your children choosing not to eat, even though it is frustrating. So that is lesson number seven, right? Just three more lessons. We have lesson number eight, and that is that there is no perfect meal and simple balanced meals are just as effective nutritionally as elaborate meals. So I have an episode all about balanced meal planning, and that's kind of where this lesson comes from. I'll be sure to drop that episode in the show notes. Uh, But one thing that keeps parents and moms stuck or out of the kitchen is the idea that a perfect meal looks a certain way. And I really can't define what that looks like for you, but I imagine um, it's kind of that like June Cleaver, leave it to Beaver sort of everybody sitting around the table. The kids are perfectly neat and clean. There is a hot meal on the table. There are many vegetables home-cooked breads, right? You're kind of seeing this picture that I have, and you might not have an idea that's quite this elaborate, but you may feel like when you have cereal for dinner nights that you're cheating or that it doesn't count, right? Um, And the truth is that that simply isn't true. Balancing your meals is important, which is why I have an entire episode about it. But ultimately, if you make sure that your meals are balanced in carbohydrate, protein, fat, and that you're including fruits and vegetables in those meals, 
Your simple meals are just as effective nutritionally as elaborate meals, like I said. So let's say it is a fast and easy meal night tonight. If you make a whole wheat toast with eggs and let's say avocado, you've got your fat, your protein, your fiber from the whole wheat bread and your vegetable with the avocados. So you really are having a pretty balanced meal that takes five minutes to make. And it's going to be just as effective as a meal that was maybe, you know, brown rice and chicken and broccoli, right? But that, but the brown rice, chicken and broccoli was going to take a lot longer, right? Obviously, I think you're going to want a variety of meals, but there's no reason to feel like you are cheating when you serve a simple meal. Just try to balance out your meals as much as possible, even when they're simple. And like I said, I'll drop that episode so you can learn more about how to do that in that episode. All right. Lesson number nine is that life planning always comes before meal planning. And this is something that I have talked about a lot, but um, maybe a lot more in the earlier days of the podcast isn't something that I talk about all the time. But another reason that dinner times tend to go askew is because we as parents have some unrealistic expectations about time management. And we think that we can accomplish a lot more than maybe we can on our days. So we plan an elaborate meal plan. Maybe we don't even really plan it. Maybe we purchase it or use a meal planning app and we think, I'm going to do this now. We're going for home-cooked meals and then life gets in the way, right? So this is why I always recommend meal planning for the life that you have instead of the life that you wish you had, right? So if you have a day where no one's going to be home until 8 p.m., it's not realistic to put a two-hour long prep or it's not realistic to put a meal that's going to take you two hours to prep on the menu, right? So always make sure that you're planning your meals around your busy life. So if no one's home that day, then a crock pot meal is going to be your go-to that people can grab when they get home. Or maybe that's your planned takeout night for the night if that's something that's going to work well with your outings. But sometimes that doesn't even work well, right? Um, if you do have a night where you have a little bit more time, maybe use that night to do a little bit of meal prep so that the rest of your meals take less time. Plan your weeks like this. They won't always look the same, but as you do this, you'll find that you are actually making the meals that you plan rather than throwing away a bunch of produce at the end of the week and feeling guilt about failing at your meal plan once again, right? So remember to plan your life first and then plan your meals. All right, lesson number 10 is that intentionalism will make you so much more successful in the kitchen. And intentionalism, I've talked about this just a little bit on the podcast, and I don't actually know if this is a real word. I should probably do some research about it, but it's my word that I've started to use um, to kind of encompass minimalism, decluttering, and all of that. And the reason I like the word intentionalism better is because... I think that there are times that having an excess of something uh, brings you joy and maybe minimalism isn't necessarily the answer, but so often we're living our lives in a way where we are just letting things automatically happen to us. So intentionalism would mean that you choose what comes into your life 
um, being that emotionally or physically um, with intention rather than just allowing life to happen to you. So as you get more intentional about the types of meals that you're planning and more intentional about the time that you spend in the kitchen and more intentional about spending time with your family at family dinners, you will find so much more success in the kitchen. Um, And I will try and drop some of my clutter or minimalism or mindset mindfulness type episodes um, that are going to talk more about this. I may not use the word intentionalism, but um, they'll kind of fall into this category of mindfulness and being intentional in your kitchen and in your eating and seeing how that will bring you so much more peace. All right, my friends, this episode was a little bit of a hodgepodge of all the things, but this is kind of like my letter to you, I guess, of if you've been listening, this is what I hope you've been learning. And if you haven't, go ahead and dig into some of those episodes from the archives that I've dropped and see if you can learn and Maybe pick one of these things that you're going to work on in your life and for your dinners. Thank you so much. I feel so grateful for you guys for being listeners and um, humbled and excited as I've reached this milestone with the podcast. So thank you so much for being here. In two weeks, we will have a really fun guest on the podcast, and she is going to talk about creating family rhythms. So speaking of that life planning coming before meal planning, this next episode on the podcast will be perfect if you're trying to come up with a habit or a rhythm for your family planning. It was a really awesome episode, and I'm so excited to introduce you to my guest. So um, that episode will drop in two weeks. Until then... Thanks so much for being here and happy planning. 